You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is a Ralbag versus Rabbeinu Yoyna, and I want to talk a very uh, quick class about the idea of Basar B'chalav. Uh, three times in the Torah, the Torah uh, admonishes us about the Easter of Basar B'chalav. It's interesting, of course, the way the Torah describes it. The Torah doesn't say don't eat milk and meat together, which for some people is the essence of kashras, is separating milk and fritchik, milk and meat. Um, but as we see, the, the Torah actually refers to it as lo tevashel gedi b'chalevimo, right? Bishul, don't cook the um, kid, don't cook. And there's a machlokas what a gedi is. Is a gedi a, a young goat or um, or any sort of uh, goat? Machlokas uh, Rashi in the Eben Ezra. So let's, let's go with Rashi. The gedi is a young goat. The young goat shouldn't be cooked in its mother's milk. This pasuk is written twice. In fact, this exact phrase is repeated in Parsha's Kisisa, which is, of course, this week's Parsha, which is, it's almost exactly the same. The pasuk is written exactly the same. In fact, the pasuk, although it's, it's essentially written in the same order, following this command, do not shech uh, the Korban Pesach with chametz, and to make sure that we don't uh, violate the din of notar, of having the korbanos last, stay around the meat, staying longer than they should. But right before that, in both places, both in Parshas Kisisa, this week's Parsha and Parshas Mishpatim, the Pesach says, Sholosh Pa'am Mishona Yerakol Zuhur El Penei Adon Adonai, and right before that, it mentioned the importance of the holidays, of the going up to Regal three times a, 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 a year, how crucial it is, how important that is. So it makes sense that following that should be the Pasuk I just mentioned about how we deal with the Korbanot, uh, especially Korban Pesach, which is a prime Korban. But again, why does, the, and even one could say, and this is also a Korban that is brought, as we know, around Pesach time, Definitely by Shvuos, Reishas Pekure, but why does it end with Lo Tavasho Gidi Bachalevi Mo? And that is really why, what, is the, what is essentially bothering all the Mefarshe Amikra. Um, if you take a look, the, um, the uh, uh, Evan Ezra uh, mentioned something here, which I happen to find uh, in many other Rishonim, including Rabbeinu Yona. So I'd want to show you the Evan Ezra. Ebenezer says, and maybe you've already seen this, Ebenezer. If you have, I. Okay. Amru Hamachishim, Ebenezer says. The people who deny God say, the people who deny tradition, the people who, who really, in a way, are on the bad side of things say that Gedi doesn't mean uh, animal, it's Migzeras Migadim. In other words, Gedi is a megad, a fruit. It's some sort of product that came from a plant or a tree. That's what Gidi is. So first of all, he says, the man doesn't know his diktuk. He says, the mem, meged, the mem is crucial. It's mem gimel dalid. It's not gimel dalid. Okay. 
Then he says, how do they understand lo tevashel? So they are going to learn lo tevashel means lo tevashel gdi. Don't allow a, an item that's growing, a product, a fruit, to actually stay too long, to stay in the tree and become mavushal, right? And to become cooked too much by staying too long. And what does that mean? Bachalev is not the milk, but is the juices, the sap and the juices, whatever it is that's, that's inside of these plants, it shouldn't, you shouldn't allow it to stay there, continuing emo, meaning the tree, meaning the gadi is the fruit, and the aim is the mother, which is the tree. So basically, what is this saying then? It's saying, Bikurim, bring it to God and, and cut them as soon as they're basically ripe. Don't let them get overripe. According to this, the pshat in this basic is about Bikurim. It's nothing to do with Basar Becholov. It has to, because otherwise it would have said meat, right? But it says Gdi, which is not a, a cute little goat being boiled in its mother's milk, but rather it's actually, it, 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 it tells us about this mitzvah of Bikurim. Now, he says it's the Machishim who say that. Well, we happen to, I want to show you the, who the Machishim are. And you can see that one of them is one of the most famous writers of, of, of the early Middle Ages. His name was Donash Ibn, Ibn Labrut, Labrut, who wrote a dictionary, Donash's dictionary. Um, it was actually notes on Menachem's dictionary, the Machberet Menachem, which I know you're familiar with. And Donash wrote notes to it. Together, these two lexicographers really were essential for, for, for really uh, developing some of the great principles of our language, of the biblical language. How do I know this? So the Marie Kro says, Donash Pirish, Lo Tamten Achia Mitbashal Harbe. Don't wait for it to stay a long time. Elatia Mevia Baod Shehi Bechalba Bikurim. When it's there, when its juices are, are, are ripe, not ripe, but right there when they're fresh and beginning. Don't let them get old on the tree. That's Donash. Now, Donash is, by the way, the author, as you know, of Dror Yikra, right? Dror Yikra is, Donash is the author of that song, which so many of us like to sing or like to hear. Okay, so that is Donash's beer, but it's also the beer of Rabbeinu Yonah mentions it as well. And I want to um, point that out to you. And I know... um, Donish's explanation is because, as Ebenezer knew, was because why else is it here with Bikurim? But as the Ebenezer points out, in Parshas Re'e, we have the same half pusik connected to eating of Nevelu, which is not about, it's not right by the Yom and Tovim exactly over there. It's a couple of paragraphs before that, before Re'e introduced the Yom and Tovim. And in Parshas Re'e, it stands more alone than it does in Mishpatim and Kisisa. So 
There, Eben Ezra says, you have the same terminology and you can't say it has anything to do with Bikurim. That's Eben Ezra's argument. Rabbeinu Yonah, in his Drashos, in Parshas Re'eh, says that the reason why the Torah uh, mentions Isurei Machalot, what you can't eat, by um, the Parsha in Re'eh of taking off Maestros and Trumos, etc. So he says, He says, There's, you can't eat chaylev, you can't eat dam, but you also have to be careful about mixing things where each one is allowed. So there, Rabbi Yonah seems to be saying that milk and meat is a unique type of iser where the two items on their own are mutter, but you have to be worried about the mixture. Blood and certain types of animal fats are always also. But basar b'cholov is a unique type of iser that has to do with taruvot. Okay, that's, then Rabbeinu goes on to say, and there must be some words missing, because then he says, klomar, im totsi mimaisro secho kiroi, Meaning that the, if you take off trumos and maestros properly, so what will happen is the agrarian economy will be healthy and things will come and ripen properly. It's not going to happen that I'm going to be mavashel the tvua in its wetness. In other words, I'm going to let it come to ripe fruition while it's still in a way growing, meaning it's going to end up not really the best type of fruit. I'm going to make it become ripe while the kash, while the shield, while the covering is still on it, which is dome Meaning the same. So he, you know, in other words, he doesn't go like donash. He says it does mean milk and meat, but it's also written in Parshas um, re'e as an ashara to taking off trumas and maestros. So I don't, I, I, what I would say is the following. Rabbeinu Yonah was aware of Donash and he knew that Eben Ezra was right. But that's not the pshat. However, it does sound like, again, Donash's interpretation is, is, is true enough that one could apply it as a secondary understanding of the verse. That over there, the Torah is saying, take off trumas, take off maestros, give your tzedakah, because if, you don't want it to happen, that it will be bishul 
You don't want it to happen that while it's in the cash, while it's still in its shell, while it's still in its givol, while it's still in its in its sack, while it's forming, you don't want it to start ripening to the point that it actually, as he says, that it's going to it's going to be overripe at the wrong time. So it's clear to me that Rabbeinu Yonah although he, he accepts Ebenezer's rejection, he still believes that that etymological interpretation can still be used as a warning, that you don't want that to happen. So I found that interesting, that Rabbeinu Yonah sort of salvages what Donash did. You, Ebenezer says, oh, come on. That's like, he feels this is close to being a Karite. Because this is like someone who doesn't believe that there's an Isra of Basar Bechov is going to say, that's what the Pasuk means. Okay, that's Rabbeinu Yonah. Let's take a look at the Raubag. Okay, the Raubag says, now, so we're going, now, um, the Raubag first goes through a whole development of the laws of Basar Bechalov. Now, he says, this is Raubag, Hine, Zos Azara Niskara Betara Bishlosh Mekomot. It would seem that it's connected to these places because somehow the other things mentioned here have relevance. Since these mitzvahs here are about trying to know how to serve God and to perceive him in the best of our ability, and how do we do that? We bring a carbon chagiga, which is the new dafyomi. We bring a carbon ria. We bring the carbon pesach. So it is, since that's what these are about, bringing these carbonos prime us intellectually and spiritually for getting close to God, so it seemed to me that this, the Kavon and this Amitzvah is one of two things. In Miskarav Yisala, it either is a way that somehow by keeping milk and meat separate this way is somehow a means to serve God, or it's Yisrachos Milechas Pechuka Sharagoyim Harachokim Yavodoso. It must be that although we don't understand it because we don't live in that time, it must be that the Gentiles, not Gentiles, the Ovdevot use this as part of their service. Milk and meat, specifically mixed and boiled together, was crucial. Maybe when they had their holidays, this is what they would do. And the Torah, in a way, says no. Your holidays won't have what the rest of the non-Jewish world has. Now, I didn't find it in any source. Now, all of this is a paraphrase of the Rambam in Moranavuchim in Chela Gimel. He doesn't attribute it to the Rambam, but trust me, this is basically a paraphrase of the Rambam. Now, the Rambam points out that the Rambam speculates this to be true. The Rambam also says something Ralbag doesn't say, which is that it's a medical issue that milk and meat together create such a fatty 
developing in the person that it that the person it's very unhealthy for his cholesterol and everything else. That the Rambam does say. The Rambam does not say that. The Rambam uh, stays away from the medical aspect. What he does pinch from the Rambam is the speculation that it's connected to Avodah Zarah. Now the Rambam points out that almost in every other of the of the Rambam statements, he found the fingerprints or even direct references to these actions in some Avodah Zarah books, which the Rambam thought were uh, concurrent with the time of the Torah or even earlier. I've talked about this in other classes, showing you that the Rambam was mistaken, but the Rambam was not a, a bibliographer. He wasn't a historian. And therefore, he assumed these books, which were copied, were as ancient as he, pres- he presumed them to be. And therefore, he thought they could tell us about what the Torah meant. So the Rambam apologizes. He says, I think this is why Basar Macholim is Usar, but I didn't find it in any of those books. So Ralbag is going to answer why they're not in those books. Because he says, he says, Rosham nimuse <laughs> In other words, basically, you can't expect us to still have those books, Rambam, because many of those old activities that the Goyim did do, and you were right, Rolbag says, in your hunch, but we have lost a vestigial record of them. Why? Because the Torah was so successful. Because the Torah did such a good job among the Jews wiping it out, and the Jews, of course, weren't just by themselves, that it's through osmosis, it slipped through, and therefore we don't have any more record of this as an Avodah Zorah. Why is it re- repeated a second time? Raubag says the repetition of Kitis of this week's Parsha is all about protecting against Egel, protecting against more Avodah So therefore, he says, it makes sense that it's repeated in Kisisa because all of those mitzvahs, and this is the Raubag's theory, we have to go through it, that the way the mitzvahs are repeated of the bris from Mishpatim in Kisisa are all tied into the change and the fact that the Jews were nichshal or Klal Yisrael was nichshal in Avodah Zarah. So therefore, this one had to be repeated, not just to rubber stamp things and to carbon copy what was in Parshas Mishpatim, but specifically there again, from the All of that is basically in Maimonides. Now it's Gersonides completely. Maybe it's like this. Maybe it's really just like bringing a Korban Chagiga and having a Beis HaMikdash, which makes you closer to God. The same way we're supposed to think about what Shabbos means when we don't do Malocha, we're also commanded to not do this luscious thing of taking the meat and like soaking it like 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 the great chefs do on all the chef shows, like put in all the cheese and the milk and put it there. Shukli el shenasig amitas mutsiyoso, 
we shouldn't take the Chokhmas Hashem that we see in creation. Haniris benimtsoyus, hashoifaas mimenu, because all the beings show God the wisdom and, 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 and intellect of God. Shukli el shenasig amidas mutsioso, analysis physical scientific analysis allows us to see God's wisdom and is a is a path to get to God's essence when we understand it. Hakdomos kozvos yivionu lichfor baskoas harishona. We know that sometimes that we can take that chokhmah which should lead us to God and actually use it to deny God. He says, you take a look at many of the Kadmonim who were, were scientists and because of what they saw in their scientific discoveries, they used their science to deny God. Therefore, God says like this, Bring Rashis Bikurim to my house. What does that mean? Bring every, the first thing that grows to my house. The first thing that props out of the ground, bring it as a carbon. That shows you everything is from me. Because Bikurim and Truma and everything that comes first means that God is the ultimate source of everything. Which means, That's Bishel. There is a great influence that keeps us alive. The spiritual power of God that flows through everything. That shefa is milk. Asher yigadleinu mitziusa. That influence of God that keeps us alive is the ideas that we also gain and develop our soul with. Just like milk of a goat or any other animal, but the milk can keep the child, the goat alive. Because basically that the, the by, by taking again, by taking the milk which is really the, the, I, the, the power of God that develops us, the power of God that we know courses through everything. What we have to be careful about is not using that, using what we can see from the world, which should show us God's power and love and cooking the gedi which means, again, because 
it's like you are you now I understand this to mean that, <laughs> so I understand this to mean that that this is a, a a metaphor that we have to be scientific we have to look at things in the world but when we actually take what's we are when you take those things that are out there in the world that are meant to bring you closer to God, your understanding of things, the things which really are the purpose why you're alive, and you cook it. So what you're doing is you are actually, in a way, in a way, perverting your soul. This is what he feels this is a metaphor, because the Gdi is you. And what you're doing is taking, you, 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 are, you are, like we saw from the Raubag in Mishle, you need to know how to use wisdom you need to know how to use science. And when you take, when you are, when, when a person restrains himself from doing this, he is giving himself a warning about how to approach what he is able to analyze and what he is able to take out of the world. And he has to make sure that it doesn't lead to a denial of God's existence. That's one interpretation. Then he says, You could say what it means is, is that we have to realize that not just the ideas of the universe that we can become atheists by being scientists. We can become hedonists. There's so much good that we have, we can say, who needs God? So therefore, we are told Again, the first shot is Bikurim means everything God. God is the sole source of everything, despite all the fantastic discoveries of science that you have of all the other lower beings and planets down to this lower world. Rashis Bikurim means God is the Sibari Shona. Make sure that even though you analyze the world, realize that you don't want those, the, the knowledge that you gain which is really the intellect, intellectual ideas which keep you alive, which are important for your soul to actually destroy you. That's low savashal It's the first shot. The second shot is, look, we know this is a great world. There's so many positive things in this world. So bring Bikurim to God. Because God is responsible for every great thing that we have. Now, Then he says that, um, and and that's why it says that lo again lo di mo would mean don't the, the the milk would be a symbol of the shefa, not the ruchni shefa, but all the all the great things of this planet, wealth, beauty, the f- production. You have to be careful that you don't allow that to destroy you by being so involved in it. So it's either scientifically allowing your, your investigations to, be, to allow you to become a denier of God. That's one thing. The second interpretation is by, by, by not being involved in doing this, you are in a way recognizing that you need to hold on and you need to restrain yourself from becoming a hedonist. 
Because otherwise, what you're really doing is you're allowing yourself to be cooked and destroyed by the overflowing beauty and bounty of the world. So those are two philosophical points that Albag makes. But he says, when I come to Parshas Re'eh, you can see that over there, it's with all other non-kosher things. So there I could say that it has to do with actual milk and meat are obviously unhealthy. Now, now you're going to tell me that um, he says the um, now don't have a question. How could you have one mitzvah which has so many different points to it? Well, he says <laughs> Shabbos, Shabbat has many different elements to it. So therefore, and think about things from a scientific perspective. He says, The Torah is like nature, Robag says. The same way you could take a look at something in the physical world and say, look how many things it can do. The Torah can have a mitzvah that has multiple possibilities. It could be for our health. It could help us in terms of being healthier, not mixing milk and meat. But it could also give us a, as he says, a scientific perspective on, um, on how we should engage and how we should develop ourselves. I think really what it comes down to is that the meat, as you know, the meat that he's talking about, that is really the um, like the stuff in this world, really, right? Um, and, and I'll just read it one more time here where he says, um, So actually, the Tomeos doesn't read it. So that is really, again, so there we have the Raubag and Rabbeinu Yona, uh, Rabbeinu, right? Both of them trying to be inventive as to why this mitzvah is where it is. And I, th- I think, I guess you get the sense from Raubag why it isn't just a chok, why it's considered so terrible to actually eat the cheeseburger because somehow uh, the milk in that cheese should remind you of, of what is in this world that raised you, that develops you um, either intellectually or the bounty, the overflowing bounty of this world that God can give you. Uh, when you put your meat, which is sort of like yourself, right? The meat is sort of you that's getting like cooked in it and just taking it in for a way that it's not for the sake of God. What it ends up doing is sort of like boiling you and destroying you with all this rich goodness and positiveness, which is really supposed to help you and elevate you. So that is the Ralbag and Rabbeinu on on what's the cheeseburger. We'll stop over here. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.